Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bigly Blast. The Suns held up their end of the bargain on Wednesday, winning a game that actually has me a little worried about their place in the Western Conference pecking order, but they helped us all turn a page on the Mavericks because they refused to let their fans absorb another Luka nightmare. And when it was over, Devin Booker paid tribute to the still-engaged Suns audience, the home crowd they so badly let down in last year's playoffs. Which brings us to the Arizona Cardinals. And their game tonight against the Saints. They have lost eight consecutive games at home. They no longer have a home field advantage. They have become a transactional team where tickets are becoming like owning rental properties, a way to make money off tourists and transients. You could not find a bigger difference between the game day vibe and again, Cardinal fans, hear me closely. That is all on the football team. That is all on possibly the most overrated, overpaid quarterback head coach tandem in football that is all on a team that saves its worst performances for the home crowd. Now it's been a while since we've had a real moment in Glendale. Even that great Hale Murray against the Bills came in the middle of a pandemic with only 4,200 people in attendance and tonight would be a great time to change all of that. It's Thursday night football, yes, so we can all lower our expectations but we should all demand that the Cardinals act like Devin Booker and his teammates did last night, namely refusing to lose in the place they call home. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW. Make luxury affordable with two great locations and one great experience. Find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. Um, very interesting blast, as always. But you hit on something that I'm fascinated by that I think both of us are fascinated by, and that's fan behavior, fan psyche, especially when things are, are bad. And in using the Suns example in the blast pick, mm-hmm. you use the phrase... You know, massively let them down. The Suns let the, the crowd down. It went past that. And I know you were in the building for Game 7. And I know you felt it that day. And I know you felt it for weeks and months afterwards. It was not just let down. There was a palpable anger mm-hmm. from the va- fan base toward the Suns team. Like, I'm mad at the Suns. People didn't want to wear gear yeah, anymore. There yeah. was jokes in the streets about them. That's how angry right. they were. And is it the same, uh, you know, as you put that over to the Cardinals now? This has been a slow build to this point, but it feels like the Cardinal fan base is right on the verge of just flat-out yes. anger yes. towards this football team yes. if they can't win a game on their home field soon. Yeah, and that is what they have to rectify tonight. I think you said it best earlier. The style points really don't matter tonight. You would like to see a coherent offense. You would like to see um, this football team score touchdowns and not you know, kind of rely on the stuff that they've been relying on so far. You'd like DeAndre Hopkins to elevate everybody around him, Mm -hmm. but at the end you really need to end this home losing streak because it's become a thing. And if you lose tonight, it's a full calendar year and then some since your last victory. And that came against the Texans. Yeah. So so to me this is um this is quite a pressure packed environment because if this football team, if they fail and they drop to two and five, now you're in a bad position. 
with what's left on your schedule, now you start you're starting to drift. Yes, far away from the, and now and now all sorts of other questions you didn't think you were going to have to answer comes into purview. Namely, do you sell at at the trade deadline? Do you strip Oof. this team and get some assets and kind of rebuild going forward? I, I think this is all in the air tonight, Vinny. I really do. And I th- there's a, a mammoth amount of pressure on the head coach, uh, given what we saw against Seattle in Seattle. They've got to respond. They've got to find a way to respond. Yeah, and it's it, it, and the idea that Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury, uh, as the most overpaid head coach quarterback tandem in football, this is something I didn't make that up. I've seen that floating around in places now, because they have put significant financial investments in both. Oh yeah, but. I mean, they're near the top of the list, if not at the top of the list. But yeah, I don't even think, you know, coming off that Seattle game, that palpable anger and frustration is there. I don't even think looking coherent on offense is enough. They have to win this game. Mm-hmm. If you look good on offense and you lose 31 to 24, it's not enough. This is a very yeah, close to a must win game in I week agree seven. With that. So, what the, that, Cardinals, what the Cardinals need to do is treat this like a lonely bar patron at 2 a.m. Embrace the ugliness. <laughs> How would you know about that, Vince? Yeah. I've heard, I have uh-huh. got friends. Uh-huh. People, people have embraced uh-huh. them at 2 a.m. What are you talking that's about? That's what I'm saying. I, I th- that's what happens when you blow a game like the Seattle game that you were supposed to win. You put yourself in the position where there's no moral victories anymore. No, You're behind the eight ball now, unfortunately. The nature of Thursday night football with two very, very beat up football teams, even if they were healthy, there's going to be a level of ugly to this game. That's just what Thursday night football is. This could be a real slog. Yeah. Just don't look, don't worry about, if you're the Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury, don't worry about being cute. I know we say that a lot. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about your offense looking pretty and flashy and all of those things. Yeah. Find a way to score more points than your opponent. That That's all they have to worry about. And, and I've said this before. A football team that, is the, that has this kind of losing streak at home, it, at some point in time, that football team is going to win a game on anger alone. Yeah. They're just going to not let it happen again. And that's that's got to be their mindset because the Saints team's okay. They're missing a ton of good players. Offensively, they're going to be. They shouldn't be a ton to have to control. Now, granted, I, I'm a big fan of Alvin Kamara. He's a great Kamara player. is a great player, great two way player. He'll run. He'll run right through your face. So they've got to be up for that. But the Cardinals' defense has been up for challenges. They've been up for stuff this year, and and so uh, that's not what I'm worried about. I'm worried about can this offense now get out and play from ahead? Can they commit to the run and do it effectively? Can they tilt? Can they run downhill? Can they tilt the playing field in their direction? And and and, and you know. Reestablish a sense of optimism here because it's waning. I we, we know this. We we hear from Cardinal fans all the time. There's not a ton of confidence in this head coach. There's not a ton of confidence in this quarterback at the moment. No, that's I, I'm look. I'm as frustrated as anybody mm-hmm. in watching the way this team is operated. Um, I'm not as frustrated as most fans who have been there for eight straight home losses. But 
I'm also fascinated of what this this game is going to look like tonight, and fully expecting it to be not the prettiest thing to look at. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's and it's also we you just you don't know what the Saints team is going to look like because they they have not looked like they're supposed to look either. Yeah. You mentioned key players out. No Jarvis Landry. No mm-hmm. Michael, Michael Thomas, Thomas. No Andrew Spee. Yeah. And then Marshall no Marshall Lattimore. Lattimore. Yeah. Yeah. Which could be big those for are, DeAndre those are three elite, yeah, those big, are three elite players that are missing. Yeah. Adam Sandler is coming to Footprint Center December 11th. Tickets are now on sale, and you can win a pair of tickets by heading to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. Coming up next, it doesn't make everything better, but you got to admit, felt pretty good to see the Suns beat the team that embarrassed them last year. We'll get more into that. And opening night thoughts from Footprint Center. It's Bickley and Murata mornings on this Thursday. On Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Dan Bickley and Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. That was a revenge game, I'm Nah, man. We have 81 to go, and you know, and that's what I said before the game. Um, obviously, emotions are involved after. That's the team that put us out, like I said, you know, before the game. Um, we never want to lose any team that we play against. So, you know, to come out and, you know, have a rough first half, rough third quarter, really, you know, still down to start the fourth, you know, I think it showed all of us, even the new guys, um, what you're capable of um, when we stick with it. Um, and we, we held our hat on that last year. We had a lot of success in, in fourth quarters and coming back late on teams. Yeah, that's Devin Booker of the Suns last night. He was fantastic in the season opener, 28 points, 9 assists. Uh, in 40 minutes of playing time, shook off an angle, ankle injury, continued to play, and was instrumental in the Suns finishing off that comeback. But he was asked, hey, did that feel like more than just a regular season game? And he joked at the beginning, as you heard, hey, it's a revenge game, and then he stopped himself. Um, it was... It was therapeutic for a lot of people in that arena last night. I think the Suns uh, players and coaching staff among them. Yeah. But it was also a reminder of how rare what we saw in Game 7 is and will always be. And what I mean by that, and as it was it was really magnified by the fact that it was a Game 7, an inexplicable performance, but... Mm-hmm. You don't get those 48-minute beatdowns in the NBA. Last night yeah, felt like right. it was going down that road, and it's so hard for a team that's even playing well to maintain that with three-point shooting and momentum swings. And, I mean, it's frustrating at times, but I think it's what makes the one of the things that makes the NBA great. You're never really out of a Very rarely are you totally out of a game. No, that's a good point, and it's especially in, in a Game 7 like that. Everything about that Game 7, that's why it was so traumatizing for so many people mm-hmm. because it, it is such an exaggerated stage, and it comes with all sorts of expectations and, and, and that kind of stuff. And and uh, that's that's why that first half of last night's game was just so unnerving because you sat there watching it and you're just looking at the score and you're going, is this going to be another 30-point yes. halftime deficit? And at, at, at halftime last night, uh, they're down 17. There's a halftime performance. There was a rapper there named Designer. And he closes out and he's on the mic and he says, hey, come on, let's get this win. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, right. Way to pander to the crowd, the local crowd. Uh, I didn't think it was at all possible with what I had seen. And the Suns, to their credit, mm-hmm. and even after falling further behind in the third quarter, 
did not let that phase him. Yeah, this is um well, this is also a different Mavericks team. Mm-hmm. I think you know if the, if they had Jalen Brunson on the court, maybe that thing, maybe they don't give up those leads the way they did. They miss him a, terribly. Yeah, there were a, there were a lot of little moments in that game last night where there were little plays by the Suns that kept them in it. I thought that little exchange at the end of the first half when it, where a couple plays go the Suns' way and Cam. Johnson scores in transition. I thought, wow, that's that's a that's a nice little momentum play bringing in yeah. bringing you into halftime. It was a four nothing run, right? That doesn't seem like a lot in the course of a forty eight minute game, but I felt the same way. Twenty one to seventeen makes it feel a little bit better, With, without yeah. a doubt. And yeah. also, there's no team that's more prone for whatever reason prone to blowing leads than Dallas over so, the last couple of years. So, so I think I think the context of what we saw last night is going to come clear in the in in the weeks to come. Like I said, I I'm real. Concerned about the quality of this bench and and the team's ability to rebound, but it's it's comforting to know that they can dig a hole like that and get out of it. So if if this new group of sons and there's only some new pieces, but if this group as a new team wanted an instant lesson in resiliency and why it matters to stay engaged in mm-hmm. games, that's a great example. You're just hoping that. It doesn't kill them over the course of a season because they are a team, as they showed again last night and all last year, they don't give up on games. They are a team that fights super hard in the fourth quarter to close out and wins games. And you just hope that it doesn't catch up to them as the season goes on and once they get into the playoffs that, you know, them trying hard all the time, every game, and especially now because they're thinner at bench, that yes. doesn't catch up to them. But, and also look at it this way, they were able to come back and win that game, and yes, it's one of 82, and it was the first game of 82, but with three of their five starters playing very manageable workloads. Mm-hmm. Cam Johnson because of the cramps, DeAndre Ayton because of the foul trouble in the first half, and Chris Paul, just by feel uh, on how that game was going in the fourth quarter, they all played 30 minutes, 31 minutes or less uh, yeah. last night. Uh, Monty Williams, the head coach, talked about the emotional win to open the season over Dallas. Make no mistake, today was an emotional day. I mean, maybe not for them because they went on to the Western Conference Finals, but the NBA, you know, they scheduled them on the first night. So you can imagine the buildup for <laughs> the practices and uh, the amount of information we threw at the guys about this game. Um and so I think it, for everybody to be able to mentally and emotionally stay with it was huge for us. The way it shook out, like mm-hmm. if the, you predicted yesterday, you felt like, hey, the Suns are going to pound the Mavericks. I did. Just to, to send a message. I did. I don't even think that would have had the same effect psychologically moving forward than what we saw last night. You're kidding. It, I think if the Suns would have just blown the Mavericks out, people would have said, oh, yeah, great win, big deal. Then that's what I was kind of referring to. Okay. The fact I, that they had to climb out of adversity to win that game, they mm-hmm. still get the result they wanted but had to work for it. I said earlier in the week, and I'll repeat this, I, I thought it was a no-win situation for the Suns. By getting the Mavericks in that first yeah. in that first game, you win, big deal, where was that in Game 7? You lose, and oh, the Mavericks own you. But the way that game unfolded, I, you know, I don't feel that way anymore. I think that was I, a big win me, for the Suns. Well, to me, it's just the I, I had the exact opposite takeaway. I my takeaway was that if that was a blowout, I would have felt I'd feel much better about the state of this basketball team and where they're going. The performance in the first half, it looked to me like their talent didn't even match up to Dallas's, and that that had me worried. Now that I, and I'm not trying to say that this wasn't a very gratifying win. It was, and I am very intrigued. 
intrigued to see what this Damian Lee piece looks like going forward, um, given his pedigree and given the fact that he's been part of championship teams. But uh, again, when I just when I look at some of these bench issues, I just I don't know where the production is going to come consistently. And I hope I'm wrong, but it's it, to me, I, I look at this basketball team and, and they the roster does not look whole to me. It just doesn't. Uh, no, I, I agree with you there, and this might be a, a very temporary fix, mm-hmm. but, I mean, can you take solace in the fact that maybe there's some sort of move coming that could help this bench? I, I mean... Yes, I, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I'm still not convinced that this Jay Crowder thing's going to happen quickly. Yeah, no, listen, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because there are, there are smart basketball people who are saying this year's trade deadline, the, the mark, there's going to be a glut of players available because the teams that are not in it are going to want to tank. Oh, yeah. They're going to want to get into the tank as soon as possible. So there there are going to be opportunities. So I, that, that is something that I'm taking solace in. I watched Brooklyn last night. This Kevin Durant thing, There's <laughs> we're going to see where this goes. Yeah, that still might have legs as that it turns still out. might have legs. Because Ben Simmons has forgotten how to play basketball. <laughs> how about it? Been a minute. How about it? And and listen. So, so I think I think the team needs it because I think you look at okay. So Kawhi is playing his first game in 16 months tonight. Okay, mm-hmm. everyone expects the Clippers to be all that. We know Golden State. Are we sure Kawhi is not getting a rest day today? <laughs> oh, would that be funny? <laughs> That'd be kind of funny. That'd be funny. <laughs> I didn't mean to derail you there. No, Zach no, Levine no. got a rest day, the opening day for the. Uh, yeah, for the Bulls. Didn't he have a preseason injury, though? It was, yes, it was knee injury management or whatever. Huh. But it, it's, I don't know if you watched any of the Grizz last night. They're going to be, they're going to be something to deal with. Oh, they yeah. kind of struggle with the Knicks a little bit, but that, they're, they're, that's a good roster. And John Moran is a superstar. Uh, the Pelicans look, the Pelicans look like they got something. So I think that the, the Jay Crowder situation has to get resolved. It does. But I do think there's going to be a glut of players that will be available. So I, I'm going to take I'm going to take solace in that. Oh, and by the way, Jamal Murray was healthy last night and played. <laughs> I'll, just end, I'll, just end, I'll just end my sentence there. Uh, you can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, we'll get a closer look at the Cardinals' opponent tonight, the New Orleans Saints. We'll talk to Saints play-by-play announcer Mike Haas next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This Thursday, just hours away from kickoff between the Cardinals and Saints on Thursday Night Football. A battle of two and four teams, a battle of struggling teams in different ways, a battle of beat-up football teams. And here to give us the uh, viewpoint on the opposition for the Cardinals, the New Orleans Saints, their play-by-play voice, Mike Haas, joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Mike, good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Good morning. That was, um, I think you nailed it as far as delivery of this game tonight <laughs> from a promotional standpoint. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's good promotion, but it's kind of something to expect. And, and you add in the ugliness of Thursday Night Football that's kind of baked into it. This could be interesting. But let's start with the, the question that a lot of people are wondering about now, and that is the quarterback position for the Saints. Jameis Winston, uh, Andy Dalton, both on the injury report, uh, the Saints, and you've seen three starts for each of those guys this year. Who do you think plays tonight? You know, I think it's it's going to be Dalton. It's been a very short week, and, and if it is Dalton, then you've given and Jameis is say not 100%, but he's been active then you give Jameis, you know, way more time uh, prior to the next two games, which are both home. 
But because he is active, I mean, it, it wouldn't be out of the parameters to see maybe Dalton start. But if things don't go well, to see Jameis come into the game. So I think they're both physically ready. And I think it will, I hate to, you know, this sounds like such coach speak, but game time decision. But I think it will be how Jameis feels and how Dalton feels. But I think if I had to say right now, because he didn't play last Sunday, which was four days ago, that it will be Dalton tonight. What is, obviously the injuries are are a concern for both teams in this game, and it's going to be a a game of attrition on some levels. But what's the general vibe around the Saints? I know coming into this year, there were questions whether or not Jameis could be the guy, but I think people were really expecting this defense to be at a different level than it's been. Uh, Where where are the Saints right now emotionally? Uh, Probably about where most two and four teams are. I think the the silver lining is that the rest of the NFL is equally uh, average. Both the Cardinals and the Saints are just a game out out of first place in their division at two and four. But you're right. It was a defense that they expected more out of. They've been a little bit up in the secondary, but who isn't, right? And so, you know, one interception... Uh, from the entire defense, and that was Tyron Matthew. They've not really, they've had games where they've stopped the run, and then they've had games where they've allowed 200 yards. They've, uh, uh, receivers had over 100 yards, three straight games. And so it has been tough on, on uh, from a unit that they were expecting more of. And the, on the flip side, they were expecting so much more out of the wide receiver room, and everybody's been hurt. You know, Hardy's on IR. Haven't seen Mike Thomas since week three. Jarvis Landry out three. I mean, it's just been so – it's those two areas that have been so, so crucial. Okay, so you, you've had two quarterbacks. You're missing your three best wide receivers, and your defense – it isn't playing very well. That's that's a that's a pretty poor recipe. Mike Haas, the play-by-play voice of the New Orleans Saints, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. Yeah, you mentioned the injuries in the receiving core, and, and Thomas and Landry being out is a, is a huge key tonight. But one guy that stepped up as a rookie, uh, Chris Olave, who's the leading receiver for the Saints, and he's been a uh, you know a, a handful for defenses to deal with. I mean, how surprising is it that he has been this effective so far in his rookie season, Mike? It's been a little surprising because we thought he would be. I thought he'd be. We knew in camp that he was going to be something very, very solid, but we thought he would be a complement to Thomas and Landry. And so, if you had to focus on Thomas and Landry, Chris Olave could just kind of be a piece, almost like a Callaway and and Traquan Smith. The problem with the Saints, what they've had in the last two years, is that they haven't had Thomas or anybody else. And so, these guys become. When, when when they're a piece of the puzzle, I think they're much much better. When they're the you know the big piece that you got to cover, it's much harder. Man, he's been he's been everything that we expected and, and what we saw in camp. And getting him back um, tonight will will be huge. I think he was really close to playing last week, but they're going to need more than a lobby. That's the problem. If you've got just a lobby, you need. Callaway to step up. You need Traquan Smith to step mm-hmm. up. Uh, Rashid Shaheed, hopefully more a part of the offense tonight. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, Olave's been he's been stunning uh, with twenty five catches, two touchdowns. All right, uh, replacing Sean Payton obviously would not be easy for anybody. How how's Dennis Allen been for the Saints so far? You know, it's it's. I think he's been fine. I mean, he, he's not out there. You know, he's not minus seven on the turnover differential. <laughs> he, he, so it's 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 been tough. It's been challenging. They've they've had opportunities to win. 
several opportunities to beat Minnesota, opportunities to beat Cincinnati last week. So it's 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 been rocky uh, and challenging as anybody that would be two and four. But I think he's he's kind of handled it well and. Because you, you, you have to look big picture in this situation and at other teams and where you are uh, at two and four. But I tell you, it's 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 I don't say desperate, but for both teams, uh, two and five and three and four are light years apart. Oh, yes, yeah. they are. Uh, Mike Haas, play-by-play voice of the New Orleans Saints, our guest here on Arizona Sports. And look, the Cardinals, it's not breaking news. Their offense has been a huge disappointment. They are getting a little bit of a shot in the arm today, maybe a big shot in the arm with DeAndre Hopkins returning. When you look at the Saints' defense and their ability to maybe stop one of the best receivers in football without Marshawn Lattimore, I mean, how big of a challenge does that become, especially with the unknown of what Hopkins is going to look like in a, in a struggling offense? Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think it'll be it's, there's always, you know, that guy with Jamar Chase last week, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. And so without Lattimore, now you've got a, a situation with Bradley Roby and Paulson Adebo, maybe either switching or de- depending on how that is. But we also, like you say, you know, Hopkins hasn't really played any game. It's, it's so he's been practicing and he's been out there. But so it's hard hard to know what to expect. And then the whole, with Robbie Anderson, I mean, we just we faced him in week three, uh, four targets uh, and one reception. I've been really impressed with Rondell Moore in, in, in the games that I've been watching. But Hopkins will be the guy. But I, I'm, I'm, I will be curious to see how the Cardinals kind of implement him as in uh, boom right away, you know, 10 targets in the first half, or, or they let him kind of get, get get a feel of the game and, and everything and kind of do it gradually. All right. What about the Saints' defensive line, their pass rush, their game plan to, to, to corral a guy like Kyler Murray? It seems he's been bottled up this year. I also know the Saints have struggled with mobile quarterbacks. How are they going to go about dealing with that matchup? Well, I think you just gotta you gotta you gotta keep him in front of you somehow. I mean, he's gonna get yards. You, you can't shut him down. You got you can't go at him so hard and so fast, especially on the outside, uh, where you you know he, he makes one move and he's past you. Now he's into the secondary. You know the 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 question will be how much read option does he does he do? You know from is because of, of the running back situation. That's where you guys have been banged up and the running backs. And so most of the time he's been keeping it, but it's been it's been a challenge. But then then again, this is like the fourth game that they faced a, a read option athletic quarterback, not nearly as athletic as Tyler Murray. So they this in six games they they faced it uh, several times, and I think that'll help. But. You know, you got you got to get you got to get in his face. You don't have to sack him every time, but you got to get in his face when he's throwing. Shut down some of his throwing lanes, knock a pass down, uh, and just keep him in front of you somehow. Now everybody says that, but it, it ain't easy to do. Yeah. Well, Mike, uh, we appreciate you spending time. And hey, uh, matchups between desperate football teams can sometimes lead to really good football games. So hopefully that's the case tonight. We, we appreciate your time. No problem. Thanks. Thanks. Have a good game. We'll talk to you all later. All right, Mike Haas, the uh, play-by-play voice of the New Orleans Saints, joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. We will continue to get ready for Saints-Cardinals on Thursday Night Football as the Thursday edition of Bickley and Murata Mornings rolls on here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Just not being able to find rhythm as an offense. Um, 
new to me. So we're going to continue to work at it um, personnel-wise, see how we can move things around, and, and scheme-wise, see how we can get better because, you know, it's a six-game view, and it uh, hasn't been good enough. Where has all the offense gone? Why is it thinking dumb? What happened to our quarterback? And why do we now suck? Will the return of D-Hop help the team succeed? Thursday night, there is one thing the Cardinal offense needs. We need a guru. We're holding out that a guru gets the offense right. And he's got to be smart. And he's got to be cool. And he's got to score points Thursday night. We need a guru. We're holding out for the guru who will call the plays. If he can't move the ball and he can't score some points, what does he do anyway? Do anyway. Where's the guru? Where's the guru? Um, to pull back the curtain, I just watching you dance to your own wretched music is <laughs> quite something. <laughs> it's quite something. Uh, but but I do I do approve. Well done. Thank you. Thank we you. need a guru. We yes. do. <laughs> to Bonnie Tyler. Yeah. We're sorry. Well, <laughs> at least me and Dick and Sarah are. Sit up. I need a hero. I'm holding out for a hero to the end of the night. <laughs> he's got to be strong, and he's got to be fast, and he's got to be fresh from the fight. We need a guru. We need a guru. Immediate approval from my mom, by the way. Oh, Immediate. thank you. Good. That is not an accurate depiction. <laughs> of our listening audience. Of, the, of having the finger on the pulse. It's okay. Yeah. We're big with women. One person has to like it. I, I assume she's in the... <laughs> Key demographic, women, what, 30 to 35 or so? 25. My mom's 25. Yeah. Younger than you. Um, let me ask you this. Uh-huh. You might not know the answer to this question, Sarah. Uh-oh. If Jarrett were to do like a live concert of all of his song parodies, <laughs> would Patty Cazell buy a ticket? I think she'd want to intro him on the stage. <laughs> right. With a big maternal hug. That's right. That's, That's right. That's right, Jared Carlin. That's right. Mm, don't you be mean to him, <laughs> sir, sir. <laughs> That's right. Oh, the musical stylings of uh, Jared Carlin. Stylings? Yeah. And he remembered to play it today. We actually put it on the schedule today. We're oh. making we're making progress on that. Uh, yeah, Cardinals and Saints. Uh, lots of focus on the offensive side of the ball, and that is um, the, the biggest story going into this game for the Cardinals. They were just wretched offensively yeah. against the Seattle Seahawks. Can they bounce back on a short week against a, a team uh, that is almost a mirror image of themselves in terms of injuries? Now, Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach of the Cardinals, did talk about how the offense is handling all the injury adversity with Hollywood Brown, James Conner, Daryl Williams, Justin Pugh, and others out. Yeah, I, I think, well, I mean, we're, we're definitely um, dealing with some right now, just our, our level of play and some of those injuries, but um, that just, you know, makes you stronger if you approach it the right way, and getting a big-time player like Hopback, we, we've got to be able to utilize him in different ways, and, and other guys have to step up. Yeah, potentially a very different-looking receiving core. We know DeAndre Hopkins will play a big role tonight, and, and Cliff Kingsbury, Joe Okay. 
We're going to put you on a snap count, and he rolled his eyes at him. So expect to see a lot of DeAndre Hopkins. Now, the mm-hmm. Robbie Anderson question is a different question altogether. Here was Cliff on that. Um, we're going to, if we get him in, we'll, we'll limit it, make sure he's confident. We want him to be able to play full speed and have a, um, confidence out there if he's playing It's a really good defense. So still working through that and see how he uh, how he feels tomorrow. All right, so a little vague there. Robbie mm-hmm. Anderson spoke as well. What does he think his role could be uh, tonight? Um, no, whatever they put on my plate, I'm going to give my all at it. Robbie Anderson strikes me as a guy who really wants to shake off that experience in Carolina as quickly as possible. So does yeah, kind of feel that way, doesn't if, it? If they call yeah. on him, I think he's willing to play. Mm-hmm. Just don't know again on a short week how how prudent it is to throw well, somebody out on the field especially like that. Since, especially since there's you know probably been very, very little live practicing this week mm-hmm. and you just don't do it with Thursday night football that's and I'll say it again it's the big conundrum of Thursday night football you've got to rep the game between your ears so you got to be able to sit down at a desk with your playbook and look at the X's and O's and envision repping it without actually doing it and the young guys who've got fresh bodies they struggle with it the old guys they they can rep games mentally because they've been in the league long enough but you know their bodies just don't recover that well I, I just I just really hope for a couple teams Teams that are really banged up. We do not see a scene like we saw that Thursday night game against the Seahawks. One of those football games that made you lose lose your appetite. That was a Thursday night. Yeah, game. it was. That's six six. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. It was. I mean, it was brutal. And I remember all the injuries piling up and the missed field goals. Everybody remembers, but I also remember. It was one of those strange games where the Cardinals, you felt like they absolutely dominated that they game did. in every way other than points. They did. It was it was such a loss. It was such a bad tie yeah. for them. And I remember at one point, Tom, if you've ever seen like a, a multi-car pile up on a freeway and you drive through it and you're like, oh my, that is terrifying. That's what it looked like on the field. There was one play when there were three different bodies down in three different places yeah. on the field. And I just looked down at this going, whoa, okay. That was the game. Where Richard Let's, Sherman didn't he tear his Achilles yeah, in that yeah, game? I think that was it. Yeah. That was yep. It was. That's exactly the game. Yeah. Um, so it, so that I that's what I hope. I hope that there's not a lot of uh, further attrition injuries that come out of this game. You know, it, it's the Cardinals are due to play a good game. I, I don't know what that means, but uh, they're they're due and and they're they're really due to win a game at home. And they just they need to get this losing streak at home behind them. Yeah, I think that would, uh, you know, lift well, a big psychological weight. I think so. Yeah, I think so. And and again, this was kind of the story of last night with the Phoenix Suns. You heard Devin Booker say, "Our fans aren't all about that bleep, right?" And that's that's something that basketball team has earned, mm-hmm. and it's still there for them. And this football team has lost that, and they need to get it back. Yeah. It's true. And it's not going to happen overnight. It won't happen tonight. But but you need to start winning these games at home. One other quick question on Robbie Anderson. Where does he rank in all-time Arizona athlete hairstyles? Oh, okay. Uh, certainly behind Alfred Payton. That's... See, we Either saw the two different hairstyles with Peyton, though, because yeah, his first one... stint, he had, like, the, I don't know, the built-in hat, he had, he had, hat bill. He had, he had a dreadlock mohawk is what he had. 
The one that he actually would hit on free throws, the ball would hit yes. his hair. <laughs> but when he came back. Seriously, it happened like twice. <laughs> well, when he came back, he didn't uh-huh. have the same hairstyle. Just kind of a regular hair. Yeah. It, it turns out the hair was not affecting his vision on shooting. No. He just couldn't <laughs> shoot. But those are the two that come to mind. I mean, Robbie Anderson, when you saw him uh, after that game, mm-hmm. when he was addressing the media about yeah. getting kicked off the sideline. Yeah. Like, wow, I can't believe he's talking. And B, it was like, look at that hairdo. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't see that. No, no. It's 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 unique, yeah. definitely. Defies gravity. He's. Uh, <laughs> you would hope that, that eventually he can make a difference because you gave up some assets to get him, and he's a taller receiver, which the team needs. Mm-hmm. And in theory, like, the, the thing that was going to take this offense to the next level was adding the second, you know, 1A you know, right. yeah. receiver that yeah. Hollywood Brown uh-huh. was supposed to be. And the first opportunity we get to see Hollywood Brown and DeAndre Hopkins together, Doesn't we don't happen. get to see them, and they have to go make but, a trade. is unbelievable. But our guy, Greg, what a dork. What a dork. He uh, tweeted out a smiley face this morning. Oh. Mm-hmm. So maybe that means he's in the starting lineup. Well. To well, which I would say... Let's see what he tweets tomorrow morning. <laughs> That's right. But one thing is certain. Uh, we uh, need a guru. We need a guru, Jared. Stunning. Jared, are you sing in the car? I, don't, just I listen. Ba- mo- just back there dancing to his own music. I, like, I listen mostly to talk radio Jimmy, and yeah, right. stand just, up in the car. Do you? Yes. Okay. But sometimes with my, my wife is in the car, Broadway or sixties music. Might I suggest less, music. less talk radio, uh, less comedy, mm-hmm. more sing in the car. It's good for practice. Makes perfect. A little practice. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next, Sarah will take us through some social studies as we do every morning at nine o'clock. Spickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.